All right, so here we go. Today, what I want to discuss with clinicians is how to work with an integrative model for mental health clients and how seamless entering into different modalities can in fact be. Today, I'm going to discuss a session that I had with a couple after they had both submitted their full integrative assessment to me and I had reviewed it. We started our session by reviewing identification or ways in which to identify some of their eating habits as well as some of the items they have been choosing to eat in the assessment tool. Identifying some of those items specifically were addressing uh, some of the fats that they were choosing in their diet. In particular, they were choosing things like corn, uh, corn oil and um, we were also addressing the fact that they were still using high fructose corn syrup um, and or products that had a lot of high fructose corn syrup in them. In addition to that, we also were discussing the lack of good solid proteins. So one of the things that I like to introduce clients to in that way is our item on our blog uh, related to anxiety and food. And so I brought it up during the session, pulled it up, had them each pull it up on their screens of their devices, and had them each kind of walk through items um, that were identified there as good sources of protein. As we know that based upon the chart below that on our blog, it identifies based on body weight how much protein you should be intaking. Additional to that, it was noted that neither of them drink water on a regular basis. So I educated them pretty quickly about the fact that we are 90% water in our body. And so as we go through the day, whether it be through sweating or urinating, um, that in fact does get replete. And the first place that we become uh, potentially dehydrated is actually our colon and our intestine. And that then makes for it very difficult for us to poop regularly. And it also then allows for the colon and the intestine to wrap itself onto and, and kind of squeeze tighter uh, the fecal matter that is in the system. And again, brings into the bloodstream some of the toxicity from the fecal matter. So we discussed the fact that pretty much each one of us should be consuming half of what our body weight is a day in ounces of water. This isn't Propel, this is water. Um, and there are some really great ways to um, ensure that you're putting good water in your body um, because not all water is created equal as we will learn through this process. And so the clients in this case were both um, heavier individuals and so they started freaking out about the fact that I was suggesting they should drink about 100 ounces of water a day. Um, but we talked about the fact that when we drink that level of water, what actually ends up happening is our body lets go of other toxins and lets go of other things, thereby then potentially allowing us to be lighter. And again, having regular bowel movements, 
which then leads to less toxicity in the in the bloodstream and so on and so forth again seeing how all of these things come into play so then we started talking about maritally how they operate with regards to uh, household responsibilities and chores and the husband right away started jumping into how he is frustrated because he feels his wife is wasteful in her choice of shopping and that they end up throwing a lot of food away and then the wife jumped in and said now wait a second if you would eat the food we have and you would respond to me when I ask what would you like to have in the house uh, I don't think well, we would be wasting a lot of food. And I said, so what are we talking about waste-wise? Because now this is leading into perception of each of you as an individual and then how that plays out in the, in the couple life. And so what we discussed was in fact that the wife was purposely choosing items like apples and uh, string peas and watermelon and grapes and berries she'd bring those into the house from the grocery store and she'd go shopping almost daily so we discussed then how does she really like doing the grocery shopping daily or would she rather that if they meal planned then actually meals could be planned out in advance and she wouldn't be the one really heavily responsible for those duties he got quite upset at talking about this and said that he was quite happy with the way things were in the household with regards to household chores and responsibilities. She began crying and said, of course you'd say that because that's the vast majority fall on me. And I quite frankly am stressed out with caring for my elderly parents uh, since my sister lives so far and I, I can't tolerate this. Uh, this is just too much responsibility on me. And then you complain that I am overspending and then we are wasting. So when I inquired about the wasting to ask more specifics about wasting and what was meant was that basically every week she would end up throwing out maybe a half a bag of grapes, um, you know, in terms of the bag that the grapes come in in the store and probably two to three apples in a week and that sometimes um, she wouldn't freeze the meat and so the meat would go bad in the refrigerator and they would end up maybe throwing out two pounds of like ground chuck. So we talked about again meal planning and how that would be very helpful and the benefits of using crock pots and instapots. So we discussed a couple of really quick and easy recipes that are also tasty that they could consider purchasing. So I went over the lemon rice kind of Greek soup with chicken recipe and we had them start writing up a list or typing out a list in their phones for purchasing those items because then that could also be leftovers for lunch the next day. Upon this plan, the husband got upset and said, you know, I really don't like having to discuss household responsibilities because I don't really feel like it's mine. Um, I feel like it's hers. And so this should be something that she should be thinking about and not me. And so we then immediately started talking about how it's important that we really look at dissemination of household responsibilities and do either of them really wish to change those up at this time? Because what we were identifying is that 
he was really feeling like he's good. He doesn't need any additional chores. While she really felt like she didn't have a plate, but rather a platter. In this discussion, what came out was that he feels like traditional male-female roles are what he prefers, which then immediately got us talking kind of internal family systems model. We started discussing the fact that while his parents are in fact still married, that that's really great. However, his parents don't have a real traditional marriage. His mother, due to a a brain injury, as well as prior to that, some substance abuse issues she had, really never worked and really never took care of the household. And much of it fell on his father. And so with him going to school and getting a degree in computer science, he was really hoping that he would never have to you know, have to deal with household responsibilities in the way that, you know, someone who was more of a stay-at-home dad or someone who worked maybe more of a blue-collar job would have to do. She then, of course, said, you know, given the fact that I am in the jewelry industry, I'm trying to grow a business, and I'm trying to support my parents who are aging in their business, uh, they're also jewelers, um, it's really hard for me to try to finagle and figure out all of these things without the support of my partner. We then got into how is it that they discuss rules and roles that they play in their marriage. And they basically said that what ends up happening is if there's some kind of scratching the surface, they just stop talking. They kind of each go in their own corner and he might go on his video games and she might start working on something related to her online shopping uh, for her business um, and, and they just won't communicate about it again. So I asked, does that feel good to the two of you? And they said, gosh, no, not at all. And so I said, well, what in fact can be done in the way of communicating more effectively even when neither one of you really want to talk about things because it seems like it's too hard of a topic. And what we came to was that they both had a great deal of frustration tolerance. And on top of that, they both have a great deal of anxiety. And so what we discussed was ways in which we could help support each of them in managing perhaps their anxiety first. And so, we started talking again about food and mood and how again the protein and the sleep all play into that but then we also went into kind of a psychopharmacological thought process of how does food and mood play out and 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 the wife said you know well i'm taking lexapro i feel like i'm taking something to manage my symptoms but he's not doing anything with his. And he said, well, it scares me. It scares me to think about psychopharmacology. Um, I don't really feel like things that will give me side effects are really gonna help me in the long run. And quite frankly, given my mom and her situation, I don't think that that's a good idea either. So we did walk through typically what happens with some anti-anxiety medications 
as well as what happens with some antidepressants and how depression can roll into an anxiety disorder when it's been left untreated for so long um, that you then start having more and more negative cognitions. And so then we started talking kind of CBT, what happens with how they operate when it comes to those negative thoughts and how does that play out with, within their marriage? Um, does one of you start noticing the other one is kind of left the building uh, for lack of a better term because in fact the that person is you know in their head and they're not in the present moment the husband kind of looked at me like I you know had three heads and I, I smiled and said what is it that you're not understanding and the wife said why did you ask him that and I said well because of the way he looked at me and she's like, now, when he looks at me like that, I automatically assume that he's angry. I said, ah, I didn't automatically assume anything, which is why I did what I did. Did you see what I actually did? And she said, no. I said, I did what I like to call the dumb dog, curious question. I tilted my head to the side, kind of like you would imagine a dog would do if it's kind of curious. And I looked at him head on that way. Notice I clocked my head to the side like a dog would. And then I looked at him eye to eye and said, what do you mean by that? I did that purposely because when we look at each other with our heads straight on, the brain interprets that kind of communication as a confrontation. When you clock your head to the side, what it actually does is it minimizes the brain receiving this conversation as anything scary or worrisome. So I would recommend that if nothing else today after we leave this session, the two of you start with asking the curious question of each other and doing it in the dumb dog style so that we neither of you are interpreting things in such a way that it feels like you're confrontative because clearly both of you are agitated and triggered in some ways by virtue of your own families of origin and kind of how you communicated or didn't communicate is what it seems like. And so then everyone just kind of walked around disgruntled and angry. So at that, the husband was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like I didn't get upset when you looked at me like that and it felt actually kind of nice, like you cared. And I said, well, what happens when your wife asks you the question, you know, what's wrong? And he goes, well, first of all, the way she does it is she'll go, well, what's wrong? And so her voice is automatically altered and it's high and it sounds angry. He's like, when you asked it, you were like, what's going on? And I said, you know, well, yeah, that's because I don't want to come across as confrontative. I genuinely curiously want to know what's going on. So then I said, kind of from a somatic experiencing way, what are you feeling inside? And so the husband said, yeah, that too. It made me feel like you cared about what was going on inside of me because you actually asked that follow-up question. What's going on inside of you? And he said, I, I never feel that you're doing that to his wife. And his wife said, yeah, you're right. I, I don't ever do that because by the time I try to get to that, you're already angry and aggressive. And so I don't want to deal with that.
And so I said, okay, so what are we identifying here today? And so, you know, they were like, wow, we've gone over a lot. Um, but, you know, we've identified that we need to look at what we're putting in our bodies. We need to look at how we feel after we eat certain things. We need to drink more water. We need to improve our sleep. We also need to really consider what can we do to try and bring down the anxiety inside that each one of us is feeling. And the wife said again, you know, I'm taking Lexapro. And the husband said, I really don't want to take any medication. But I am open to considering that. But I would rather not. And I said, let me let me interject one more piece before you go forward. There are a couple of different options that are more herbal in nature, one of which is called Kava Kava. And then the other one is St. John's Wort. And these can be purchased like at Whole Foods. Um, I also offer them here at the practice. Um, and I just charge people wholesale plus, you know, the $7 shipping charge if I don't have them on hand. The other thing that we could also do for you is we could suggest you take either magnesium uh, gummies through the Calm Magnesium Gummies or the Calm Magnesium Drink. So either way, what you're doing by putting the magnesium in the body, because so much our food is deplete of magnesium, what you're actually doing is giving your body the magnesium that it needs. So inside, you don't feel all keyed up and kind of ready to tee off on someone. So the husband said, okay, so maybe I would be interested in the calm, um, either the drink or the gummies. And the wife said, you know, we've got some of those at home. I got them before from Jennifer. So I said, okay, so you're willing to try the gummies. And he said, well, and then I'd consider maybe taking the Kava Kava. And I said, well, why don't you think about that? I don't want you to make any rash decisions. He said, well, the other thing I guess is that I could start doing more of like the curious question rather than going inside my thoughts. I could ask the curious question of like, well, what's going on with you? Why do you, you know, why do you seem upset and turn my head to the side? And the wife said, I definitely want to start to do that. But she also then said, what I really want to do too is I really want to start meal planning because I feel like if we start meal planning, we will make this decision together and finally feel united on a united front. And then I said, well, the other thing is for both of you just to pay more attention to what's happening inside your body, where in fact you might be holding tension and then that tension becomes worse as you hold on to it longer and then based on what you eat might make it feel even worse. So by the end of the session, the husband said, you know, I really feel like we misunderstand each other often and I really feel like if I could get out of my thoughts and be more in the moment with you, we probably would communicate better. So I gave them the homework assignment to come up with a couple of new meals that maybe they could even use the crock pot with to try and help them to better understand ways in which to communicate and practice caring for each other by choosing things that are actually from the list of the food and anxiety blog on our website um, that are actually good protein sources. And then they can both hold each other accountable to water, you know, by checking in with each other a couple of times a day 
just to kind of get things moving. And then the husband said something interesting. He said, yeah, you know, I heard after 21 days, that's usually you making a habit for yourself in a way that's positive. So yeah, I would like for you to hold me accountable and ask me about how much water I drank and then I'd like to do the same with you. I said, now do you both feel safe enough in the marriage to be able to do that right now or do you feel like it would be a little bit aggravating potentially? They both said, no, this seems face, you know, safe enough and that we would both be open you know, to, to trying and communicating differently this way. Um, and they intended to come to the next session with at least you know two to three new recipes that we could discuss but then they also had agreed that what they want to do is kind of move forward uh, with communicating with each other and using the curious question and the body movement of you know the cocking their heads to the side so by the end of the session everyone felt a little bit calmer and a little bit more able to care for themselves in a way that made sense